welcome to another amazing episode of Retrovaniacs. As always, I'm Jeremy Parmentier, here with Jeremy Gregory. Hey, guys. And Billy Holiday. Hello there. And uh, this week we're looking at a early Genesis game. I believe it's pronounced Shakan the Forever Man. Uh, but before we talk about that, I'm probably wrong in how I say it. Jeremy, what have you been playing since our last show? Uh, you know, not too much. Uh, I continue to play Destiny 2. That is that that game uh, that has just got my attention. Uh, Forsaken expansion is is really great. If you like Destiny, I can't talk that up enough. Gambit mode is amazing. I'm not going to sit here and just describe all of this stuff again and again and again because we've talked about Destiny constantly. Uh, but I did get to try out the new Nintendo Online uh, that just launched. 20 bucks a year. It's it's got like three pricing levels. It's kind of weird because like it's three ninety nine a month, seven ninety nine for three months, or just twenty dollars for a full year. Mm-hmm. So if you're if you're not paying twenty bucks for a full year, you're kind of getting ripped off with this. And one of the things that comes with is the uh, NES uh, games that you can just play on the Switch. And it's so far it's pretty nice. I mean, I know it's one of those things. If you've got an NES classic, you know, you're just like, well, I've kind of got a lot of these games and more, but it's so fast and so easy just to, to fire up those games on the switch. Uh, you know, it's, you don't have to press the reset button to make a, a save state anymore. It's, it's just convenient and it's nice to have those games there on the switch. Finally, mm-hmm. it should have had a virtual console in the first place, but I think this is maybe the most we're going to get as far as a virtual console on the Switch. And uh, so far, I, I'm really liking No, I, I, I was also on there for a few minutes. Um, uh, I I noticed online play. Now, I, I'm not 100% certain, but are all the games that are two-player on there, can they all be played online? From what I can tell, yes. Yeah, that's That what seems we... like why there's a, a good number of them on there. So yeah. uh, uh, my question for you now, when are you going to step up? catch that ass whooping on pro wrestling man oh man i'm just <laughs> i keep forgetting that game's on there and i i occasionally see it out of the corner of my eye i'm just like man that's, <laughs> i can't believe that game's on here it's it's been a i think last time i played it was for this podcast but yeah mm-hmm. it's i mean it's it's a decent little selection it's kind of heavy on the sports games you know it's got a lot of baseball soccer Stuff like that, you know, it, of course, has Tech Mobile, and, and that would be the number one reason for me to play online with anyone. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the rest of it's kind of what you would get on the NES Classic. So right now, I don't think it's quite as nice as, as a selection as what's on the NES Classic. But, you know, with how Nintendo's supposed to keep adding to this every month, it could end up being a, a, a really nice add-on to uh, Nintendo's kind of crappy on paid online service so far well it's got river city ransom that would be a great yes. two-player game yeah. for other people uh and and the year i get a switch which will probably be 2033 at the rate i'm going uh, i will definitely be excited about all the nintendo games that are there um it, it it does look like it's pretty nice i is it just nintendo like original nintendo or do they have super nintendo on there too it's just nintendo is that the plan or or do they not I, say yet from what I, you know, that's all they've announced. So, uh, you know, you're not actually downloading these games individually or anything. It's actually an app that you, once you sign up for Nintendo Online, it's also on the store as well. You mm-hmm. just download that app, you start it up, and it's got all of the games just kind of off to the side. And they're already there, basically, as soon as you download it. So there's no individual downloads. It's not streaming anything. 
everything's just kind of there. And from what I understand, every month they will can continue adding more to it. Now, I don't know if it's just going to switch out everything. I don't think so, because that seems like a lot more work than what Nintendo would want to put into this. <laughs> but, you know, maybe two or three games come in, two or three games go out. I don't know how they're going to do it. Yeah. But if they keep adding on to it, I, I yeah, I think it's just going to continue to being NES games. And mm -hmm. maybe, maybe down the road might get a Super NES app or something like that. Yeah. And I think uh, it's, it's probably worth mentioning that at this point in time, now that this is launched, if you wanted to play any of the uh, major Switch titles like Mario Kart, I think it's necessary now to have a, a membership, I believe. Yeah, and it, you know, the the little Nintendo Direct trailer they had for it was kind of maddening because, you know, they, they made it out to be like this feature. You're like, oh, you can play Splatoon with your friends now. It's like, oh, I've been able to do that for free for the last <laughs> year and a half. Like, you can pay for it now, though. Yeah, like, thanks, Nintendo. I can pay for that now. Uh, <laughs> and I kind of feel if you I, I play Splatoon pretty regularly mm. and going into the lobby after Nintendo Online launched was pretty sad because all the little kids, all their friends are gone and, you know, you can kind of read these little messages above each player's heads if you walk up to them. And, and everyone's just like, oh, man, I miss my friends because they can't afford Nintendo online and stuff like that. It's just kind of sad. <laughs> but, you know, that's that's just how it is now. Nintendo's getting getting some of that money. You got to pay some of that Nintendo tax to mm -hmm. play online now. It's still cheaper than the PlayStation 4 tax or the Xbox Live tax. So I'll, I'll take it. But it's not like I, I'm going to get rid of, you know, paying for the PlayStation online either. So it's what it is. Yeah, I mean, I, for twenty bucks a year, it I can't really say too much, too no. much bad about it. I mean, it's if you got twenty bucks, there you go. Now, Billy, you've gotten the uh, well, you're at least closer to the hurricane that just came through than than either Jeremy oh. or I. Did you have a chance to play anything, or were you just hiding? Uh, well, I, I spent a good deal of time hiding, um, and the time that I was not hiding, I had a very extensive blackout here. Uh, our power. Uh, at the place I'm staying, of course, my my job I'm working at is unfortunately much further from the co much closer rather to the coast than I normally would be. I could have been high and dry back home. Uh, instead, I was I was weathering the storm here. Uh, lost power for you know a good part of a week. Um, so before that though, and, and on some desperate occasions where I, I, I took my console over to my work, hooked it up to a TV there and played. Uh, I have been all over that Spider-Man that just came out for the PS4. Uh, I'm sure we'll talk more about it over time. I, I believe Jeremy is playing it a little bit when he can shake himself from that destiny. Um, but I'll just say right now, uh, I have never, well, up till, you know, when unfortunate time I had to stop playing. I have never just uh, sank so much time into a game with the intent uh, of, you know, getting the hundred percent on it, and I I compared it with you guys with the uh, with Batman games, Arkham City. You know, I mean, Arkham Asylum was fine, but Arkham City is when you got a little bit more of the kind of you know the smaller open world type thing, and this is is very much in vain of that. Um, as to say, how I consider that to be the best Batman game, this is by far uh, the best Spider-Man game and one of the best superhero experiences on any any console. Uh, I cannot recommend it enough. Um, other than that, I toyed around on, a, you know, like Jeremy was just talking about Nintendo's new online thing for a little bit. I uh, played a few games on there, and uh, like Jeremy said, I, I, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to seeing what they add because they have created a pretty seamless experience so far. I, I found as soon as it downloaded and I opened it up, I was playing something within 
in a matter of seconds. And, you know, switching back and forth from games is is simple. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping to see a couple more things on there. And I also broke down, hadn't got to play it too much, uh, picked up that Fire Pro Wrestling. Uh, the PS4, I, I know it's been around on Steam for, for quite some time. Uh, always been a big fan of that series. Um, and, yeah, I, I, Fire Pro Wrestling, I would say maybe even better than Pro Wrestling on the NES. Do you have your 1999 WCW Nitro roster filled out yet? Well, <laughs> I will tell you uh, a few. And, and Jeremy's talking about uh, it comes with uh, like a lot of uh, Japanese wrestlers, uh, current and past. And another roster that is kind of some, you know, obvious characters from, from other promotions here in the United States. Um, but there is a robust uh feature online where people you know they uh they make create wrestlers um and rings like ring mats ring aprons even referees yeah and i'll let jeremy know i had uh, the first thing i downloaded for whatever reason uh, i believe it was referee nick patrick because <laughs> <laughs> i need these matches called down the middle yeah and, uh, but no, uh, just last night, I, before I went to bed, I had uh, I had picked up an Alex Wright and a Disco Inferno. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> so we're on our way. I just need to get that sold out, Matt. It'll be fun. <laughs> I feel bad for the person that out, out there that actually had to make a custom Disco Inferno and, and how much time <laughs> they had to spend on that. Well, you guys are speaking Chinese. I have no idea what you guys are talking about at all. <laughs> That's terrible. <laughs> But, but at the same time, I would also, if I had the time, describe how I've fallen even harder back into Monster Hunter World. Oh, but I'm not no. going to do that God because, thankfully, there was a demo for Mega Man 11. And if there's something that's going to pull me away from Monster Hunter, it's a Mega Man game. Did either of you guys take time to play it? I, I did. I, I played through it. And, I mean, it's a demo in every sense of the word. You get, you know, you get your one stage. And all I can say at the end of it is, is this is not... Uh, it's not negative, but it's it's Mega Man. Uh, it's it, it's certainly Mega Man. Um, if Mighty Number no. Nine didn't scratch that itch, which I don't think it scratched a single itch for anybody, uh, then this will do it. Yeah, I, I played that the level as well. I you know I, I didn't expect much from it, and it, I was pleasantly surprised by it. I kind of like the uh, the new little gimmicks that it has. You can either speed up or uh, slow down time uh, with. Mm-hmm with a button or you can make yourself more powerful. Mm-hmm. So, and I've constantly found myself slowing down time because that just made the game way easier. You do have a meter that drains every time you use one of those. So you can't just use it all the time, but it seems like those two things are, are the kind of the two main things that sets it apart from other Mega Man games. And I, I kind of enjoyed it. Yeah. I was very happy with it. It's it's, I was concerned when they were showing the previews for it. Um, mm-hmm. Because the last, you know, the last thing that was really pushed to be very Mega Man like was Muddy Number no. Nine, and you're right, it it Muddy Number no. Nine does not feel like Mega Man. It feels like if you've only played Mega Man and then decided to make a game, but it doesn't feel mm-hmm. like you're making Mega Man. And I know a lot of that's because they couldn't make Mega Man, so they made something that was extremely like Mega Man but different enough. But all the gimmicks that Muddy Number no. Nine had were awful and not enjoyable. I uh, th- this is Mega Man, and I do like the tweaks, like Jeremy just said, the speed up and slow down. 
or not speed up, but the slowdown and, and extra power is is a mm-hmm. neat little tweak. And and if you overdo it, if you overblow your gear, uh, you know you can't use those things for like thirty seconds while it recharges. And in some cases, that means you're probably screwed because unfortunately there are sections where it's not required to have the slowdown, but it certainly makes things a lot more doable. Uh, yeah. At least in that one level. I mean, it's it's one level and one boss. I did not beat the boss, but I got to him. Um, not because I didn't want to beat it anymore, but I'm going to do it when the actual game comes out. So I figured, okay, mm-hmm. I've played the level. I'm happy with it. I would definitely play more of this. So the, the demo's made its purpose. But yeah, it's, it's good to see that. I like that it has... I mean, it looks pretty. It doesn't look like they didn't go some with some crazy redesign of the game. It just It's nice new graphics on top of Mega Man with a few new tweaks. And it's exactly what I wanted. Yeah, I, I'm actually looking forward to it. I, I was not expecting to enjoy it at all. And I, I probably end up getting the full game because this is it's not I don't know how the full game's gonna play out, but just based on that one one level, it wasn't the incredibly maddening hard Mega Man difficulty that a lot of the the newer ones were kind of got to that point with. Mm-hmm. So it, it's it was a more enjoyable game for me, I guess. It it felt Maybe more like the uh, the old Super NES or the PlayStation Mega Man, that one, the one that I actually enjoy the most. Yeah, and I have to say that I, I'm not the not the biggest Mega Man fan. Um, I you know I've enjoyed the series, but I, I haven't been sitting around clamoring for another one. I think I got a little burned out on the the last couple of offerings. But yeah, this one uh, has, has really grabbed my attention. Like Jeremy said, I think this one's going to be a little bit more uh, accessible, and this will probably be the the you know first Mega Man game in, in quite some time that I pick up. I think it might be the first Mega Man game we've seen in forever, man. Hey, speaking of that, God. this is the game we're going to talk about this week. Shikan the Forever Man for the Sega Genesis. master of podcasts i'm very excited that i did that <laughs> this was uh i think i uh was clamoring for this one i remember mentioning this one a, a couple of times uh this was one that i saw in the video store it's one of those bizarre things i think we've all done it we keep seeing it in the video store our eye goes to it every single time we're there but we never pick it up uh, and and this was one of those games for me i had seen it i had you know, looked over the box. It looked interesting. Uh, you know, it looked like kind of a, a darker Genesis title. Um, but yeah, never picked it up. Always thought about it. Uh, it. You don't really hear much about it though. It didn't exactly make any of the the best of Sega Genesis list out there. Uh, but I thought it would be a good one for us to to give a shot. So wait, you never actually played this back in the day? No, no. God. Damn, you bastard. I oh, thought this was like something that you like held in high esteem as like some sort of nostalgic game. I, oh, I, I'm sorry. Can I can I do one like big blanket apology rather than have to do it every few minutes this show? I'm enjoying that someone else gets to apologize. So go go I, ahead. I, Billy. I've got one and this covers everything. I'm, I'm not going to do it again. I'm sorry. <laughs> To, to... We, sh- we should have just done Slam City with Scotty Pippen, like I've been wanting to. Agreed. 
I, I probably would have pushed harder for this, and I think I would have been wrong as well. But this game I had never played. I had seen the box a million times. I mean, it's a, it's a an early Genesis game. It came out in 1992. Uh, only in the United States and Europe. Didn't come out in Japan. It is. It was published by Sega, but it was not a made by Sega. I think it was. Um, I forget the name of the company, but I don't think they did much else after this. Unsurprisingly, uh, it is. The box. It looks like it's you know some comic book character. Uh, like a zombie with swords and, and the back of the box makes it look like it's some kind of action slash game so I, it never was mm. something i was like i've got to try this right now but it's one of those games that when people bring up oh these are like hidden gems in the genesis you may not have played this is on a lot of those lists so i uh. was excited to try it and and the little bit i knew about it uh was was that it it was a little bit different it had some neat ideas uh, and i agree that it's definitely different and it does have some extremely cool ideas um, but I don't think they're pulled off as well as they should be uh, by any means. Um, Shikan himself is uh, essentially like a, a, an ancient wizard of some sort that got into a fight with death, challenged death to a fight to prove that he was superior to death, and he did win. Uh, but then as part of his curse for winning, he gets to uh, find you know the ultimate evil everywhere and defeat it. And when he's done that, he can finally have permanent rest. Otherwise, he'll live forever uh, in agony. So you, you're Shikan, you get nothing but your two swords to start with, uh, and you have to go into the four different planes of air, earth, fire, and water, and, and fight some ultimate evils, and then, you know, death will free you from your curse and kill you. Um, the, the gameplay itself is, is pretty standard Genesis level design at first. A lot of the early levels oh, are yeah. that, that, you know, kind of massive maze you know, we've talked about it with, a, like, the RoboCop game has it, the Batman games have it. All, all the Genesis games we've covered uh, kind of have this maze-like level design. And it, what makes this different is uh, the jumping, specifically, <laughs> is, is a problem. Um, you have three buttons on a, on a standard Genesis. This was too early to have the six-button configuration, so you've got uh, the A button will let you switch your weapons, which early on does literally nothing because you have one weapon. Uh, your B button lets you attack, and the C button lets you jump. Uh, jumping in this game is going to be... It's got a lot of platforms. Uh, a lot of platforming and a lot of deaths you can fall to, either onto spikes or onto fire or just into the great nether beyond... And it's got a whole lot of those jumps where if you're not at the very, very ass edge of the ledge you're jumping from, you're not going to hit the ledge you're jumping to, despite that it looks like you did, and you will clip through it and fall to your death immediately, yeah. which will kill you. You don't come back up on the side. You die and have to restart that level again. It should be stated that I think one of the biggest problems with this game is the jumping, and it's compounded by the sheer amount of it. Like you have got to master that jump. You got to master that fucking double jump. And and yeah, you, like Jeremy P said, the first thing you notice is it is that standard early '90s uh, Genesis uh, game where fucking there are just platforms and and just for the fucking sake of there being platforms. I, I forgot how annoying. I find this in a lot of early Genesis games. Um, speaking of early Genesis games, that soundtrack for this thing, uh, I can't tell if I like it or not. Uh, it, it, it's certainly different. Uh, there's some dark uh, brooding things in there, but uh, I, it gets repetitive also, I found, pretty early on. I, this kept giving me deja vu when we played X-Men for yes. Genesis. Like yes. It just really kind of has that... that sound to it the feel of the game the stages themselves except you're not playing as a cool x-men character you're yeah, playing it, as it is similar i mean you've got the uh, that that music and the fucking 
the stages are all they didn't vary quite enough for me and they were and just some of them were just so dark and and, and bleak and i get it saying it's a it's a darker type game but it just uh, there's a line between trying to convey that and just being fucking drab looking and I, I think this is what that that fell towards most of the time well it is much like the x-men game uh, although that was much more obvious in the x-men game it is based on a comic book uh, the comic book Shikan by Robert A. Kraus, R.A.K. Comics. I guess it's not a major comic. It wasn't DC or Marvel. It's just some independent mm. comics. So I'm not 100% sure you know, how this happened. I guess yeah. the, the producer of the game apparently is the same person who is the producer for uh, Eco the Dolphin. So oh. I, I guess, I mean, this was pre-Eco, but I guess they were already someone that you know, was was known, and, and I guess he was a comic fan, found this, this guy's comic and thought this would be a cool game. And actually, the the story of the comic is the story of the game, and it actually is a, a pretty much video game sounding story. Uh, you're you're a man of this curse. You have to kill all these enemies. That pretty much lays itself out for a video game. So that's not yeah. you know that's not too shocking. Um, the in the worlds that you go to. So so there's um, let me try that again. The game starts you in a central portal area. You can see there's like a big symbol in the middle of the room, and, and later on you find out that's actually a progress bar um, that shows you the different. Uh, corner, you know, different zones you'll go to and, and the different stages you've cleared out. Each zone, earth, air, fire, and water, actually has six stages. Uh, the, the manual will tell you that there's, you know, the regular plane and the elemental plane for each of those zones, but each of those are broken up into three units. So really it's six levels uh, that, that have kind of a midpoint after the third level. Um, so two groups of three levels a.k.a. six levels. But you can't go to the second half of those levels. So you can't go, let's say, start with Earth 1 and finish all six Earth levels and then go to, to fire you know, or, or air. You have to clear out all three of each of the main planes to open the, the doorways to the second set of three levels. So you, you have to kind of go back and forth just because the game makes you. But also, um, you know, I mentioned that the A button lets you get different weapons you're going to have to go into each of those zones. The first one of those zones for each of the planes will give you a new weapon. There's four extra weapons in this game. Um, a scythe, a hammer, an axe, and the world's worst grappling hook, which we're going to talk <laughs> about a lot later. Uh, but you, <laughs> but you, get, you have to get those items in the first world, and it lets you try the second world, and in some cases, you might be able to get through them. But, for example, uh, the water zone you know the first zone you can get through and it gives you i believe the hammer maybe the axe it doesn't matter whatever you get though the second level it's not the hammer because the second level you can't progress out of the starting area without the hammer and you don't know that i mean the manual tells you these items will do certain things but you haven't had the hammer yet to learn you know what to the walls look like that I can break with a hammer. The, the, the other weapons you get, aside from being weapons, are also useful tools. So you'll find out as you get through the game that, for example, the scythe you can use to cut open spider webs that are found in the earth levels. And the axe you can use to cut, op to cut open doors, although I'll get into that when we get to a level that uses it. And the hammer will break open certain walls. And the grappling hook is a grappling hook. So there's plenty of areas that you'll see after the first world uh, in each of these these planes that will have these obvious like gargoyle head grappling hook hold areas and they're all over the place and some of the later levels it's your main mode of transportation mm. and if you thought the jumping in this game was painful the grappling hook 
is far more painful. But again, I think I'm jumping way ahead to talk about the grappling hook because there's still more parts of the basic <laughs> game that we haven't really covered. So aside from your jump, which is bad, uh, you do have a, an automatic double jump. You, you can double jump from the very beginning. However, two problems with this double jump. One, if you try to double jump after you've hit the apex of your jump, so after you've hit the highest point of your jump and you're on the way down, you cannot uh -huh. initiate that second jump. Uh -huh. And that is irritating. I, I mean, I'm sure a lot of games do that because it wasn't completely unheard of. But for a game like this where there's a lot of platforms, many of the platforms, the bottom of them, you cannot jump through, so you'll hit your head and fall down. When you try to do a double jump to get to a platform, or a, <clears throat> a single jump, and you're just slightly not far enough, and then you try to do a double jump, but if you do it too early, you'll smash your head into a platform, and then you you know, you know can't make that jump. There's plenty of places where I assumed you'd be able to do that. You know, I jump almost all the way to the bottom of my first jump, and then do a second jump to kind of go a little farther. Uh -huh. Can't do that in this game. Uh, and that's, that's very, very frustrating. Uh, and also, if once you jump and do the double jump, your character will do like a... And a Samus-like spin move that doesn't hurt anybody, but if you hit the attack button, you will shoot your swords out, assuming you have your swords equipped, and do like this spiral, you know, a super attack that actually is great. That does a lot of damage. You're basically invincible when you have it on. Uh, you're going to do that a lot, especially since most of these levels are going to involve things flying at you while you try to make these jumps. And of course, when you get hit while you are using a grappling hook or while you're jumping, you will get knocked back uh, far yes. enough that you will fall to your death. Um, yes. This game, because you are, as a character, an undying entity, the good news is, no matter how many times you die, you get to restart that level. So, if you go into a level and you fall to your death, no big deal. Most of these worlds are very short. Um, they might be a little confusing, and there might be parts you can't get through until you get an item. But in general, these worlds, once you know what you're supposed to do, you can probably go through them in less than a minute. You agree? Uh, for the most part, yeah. Like, once you figure out what you're doing uh, and where you're going and, and actually kind of master that jump, uh, I mean, figuring out where you go in a lot of these levels are is a lot of the challenge. I mean, it, yeah. it is a hell of a fucking game as far as difficulty anyway. But because of that maze-like design of some of these levels, you don't know if the end's going to be up, down, left, or right. You just have to explore. And... That can be a problem as well as far as progression, because as you mentioned to me, I wasn't even paying attention. You also have a uh, a small hourglass as you're playing these levels. That's kind of the, the sand is counting or going through the hourglass. And that's not just for the stage. That's cumulative for the entire three three levels. So if I actually ran out of time trying to figure out where to go in one of those, uh, it's like the, I can't remember, is Earth level, the ones of the bugs or whatever. Yeah, all spider, over the spiders are all over yeah. the Earth world. Yeah, in the, in the third level, I ran out of time. And I had, it, it just sends you back, you know, you, you failed. So I, I, I wasn't aware of that at all. So it is, you know, the, a challenge of just figuring your way through those levels and finding where you're going to go is is definitely a huge challenge. For is one of the main parts of this game as far as difficulty goes. Yeah, that hourglass is uh, like you mentioned. It's it's not a timer that goes over as you get hit. It's just over time, so you can die a million times, and and that thing is very slow to move. However, mm -hmm. you're right. Once it gets down to a certain point, like it starts flashing, and you have maybe maybe a minute to finish the level you're in. Hopefully it's the third or the last level of each 
uh, zone. If you not, if you don't, then you have to restart all your progress from the very beginning of just <sighs> that plane. So each plane, Earth, Air, Fire, and Water, has their own unique hourglass. And that graphic in the very middle of the portals room will show you where each one is. Uh, I mean, again, the good news is once you know what you're doing, sure, you can blow through these these levels before you even really see the sand go down in those things. Mm -hmm. But yes, all these levels are mazes. Um, like Jeremy said, sometimes you're not sure exactly you know, what, what the end point of the level is. For example, the first one, the first levels in each of these planes is to find the weapon. So the first time I you know, was wandering through the zone, I saw the weapon, but I didn't go for it because I figured I had to find something else or you know, whatever, and I kept, I kept wandering around. Eventually, when I grabbed it, it just, like, you grab the weapon, all of a sudden it freezes, and you go back to the main portal area. So it doesn't even say, like, what do you do now? Like, you've got the axe or whatever the item is, and you go back to the portal zone. So then when you re go into the same portal, you're in a brand new area. You can't go back to the first area unless, of course, you run out of time in your hourglass, and you just start the second area again. Uh, the game, when you first enter any plane, for the very first time you enter it, there's like a screen with an hourglass, and it gives you a little bit of story as to why you're in that area. But the story is is if you wrote it for like a comic. It doesn't tell you what the direction for the level is. It's just like, mm -hmm. you know, Shakan goes into the fiery demon pit of whatever and there are spiders and he is terrifying you know or whatever it is like that comes through but it, it doesn't say what you're doing so it doesn't say find the axe to end this section and they could do that there could be any any little bit of direction would be a massive help uh, i mean again the the first set of levels no big deal let's find the weapon sure you, you probably don't need help for that but a great example is the second water temple or second water level um when you get to the end there is nothing like you get to the very you get to the top it, it starts at the bottom of the map you have to climb up more or less but it still has some left and right but you're basically going from the bottom to the top of the screen and the entire map there's no there's a there's a doorway even at the very end after you pass all these octopus character things you have to fight and if you if you don't fight them you just go to the door you're like well i'm at the door it's the end right no that, that's not it uh well, what am i supposed to do so i start killing octopuses and eventually i die and nothing happens and i, I couldn't figure out how to finish the level well, even though all those octopi, I guess, uh, look exactly the same, only one of them is the target octopi you have to kill to finish the level. And it's, of course, the last one. So, I mean, I guess I could have been smart and just assumed it was the last one. But why would you assume that? They're all the same. They're kind of all in, in like a different piece of that top area. Why would... Why is that the thing that ends the level? Nothing tells you exactly what the point is in any level. And that is extremely frustrating. Yeah, there's... I mean... The worst part is, is that there is no direction to it. Like the first level is easy enough. You can you start getting these weapons. You figure, well, I'm going to get to the end. There's going to be a weapon. The oh. stage is going to end. After that, you don't really know what you're doing. And uh, sometimes, yes, the, the stage will end. You will fight a boss. Good to go. But then there's other times like that where you're just not sure where the fuck you're going, what you're doing. You know, there's one in the water level or water stages, uh, the third one where it's just doors over and over. And I could not figure out what that's actually when I stopped playing the game because I couldn't figure out where I was supposed to go. Every door just led back to the previous door. And I guess I, because of the way of how the game progresses, I wasn't sure if I was just missing some weird switch that the game was putting out there that I missed. I didn't kill an enemy that it, I didn't know that I was supposed to kill that would have progressed the stage. So I, it's, it's just one of those things. You just don't know what you're doing. 
Yeah, and I encountered that in a lot of times um, in this game. It was one of the main uh, sources of frustration because, you know, there's already some trouble with the control. I just I found the control to be so stiff on this one. Uh, we talked about the and there's already much there's already so much going against you and to just not have a clear idea of a goal. Um, I, I I appreciate games that want you to go out there and kind of and, and do different things, but it, it just it, it kind of falls under the the Castlevania two thing of you know well I wouldn't have thought of that or that is incredibly not obvious and there's nothing to pinpoint that to me and I, I just encountered that a lot and that's that's a very frustrating thing especially when you when you tack on the time limit on here and and, and it's a generous one i mean and i did run out of time um on one occasion but it it, it does take a while and that was because i was just struggling left and right uh, but yeah the very kind of obtuse goal for some of the stages uh is, is a great source of frustration and it kind of sucks because if this is kind of a weird Metroidvania, almost mm-hmm. not not. I mean, you are getting weapons and things like that that you'd need to progress in other other stages that you couldn't mm-hmm. get past before, and that's an awesome idea. Yeah. But the way the game goes about it, it's it's oh, it's this is just the worst way that you could possibly make a game like this. Yeah. Well, you mentioned that water level, and I I know exactly what level you're talking about. There there are a whole bunch of doors. And there's no direction of where to go, and you have to figure out, and I had to look this up because I couldn't figure it out either. Eventually, if you go f- far enough to the left, and you have to keep using your grappling hook to keep you know, flying across the top while you fight these green bird things that fly at you, um, eventually you get to a point where there's like a wall. It looks like a, almost like a castle wall, and there's a gap in it. You can jump into that. Even once you're in there, you've still got to make sure you can you know, stay at the top and not fall down. Once you do fall down, and I did every time, I never managed to get over to the, all the way to the left as I needed to. Then you mm-hmm. get per, you get presented with what looks like uh, like a big hedge with with snakes or something that come out of it, and you can see clearly the door you need is on the other side or whatever. But you could yes. I couldn't figure out how to get through that hedge, and and there's no way to go back or back up from where you are. You're just kind of stuck in this underwater or under underground cave with water at the bottom, and trying to figure out how to get past this this stupid wall. You can't burn it down. You can't use your axe to cut it down. You can't, you know, you can't do anything like that. I had to look up what to do, and it's the. I still don't know how you'd ever figure this out because nothing makes a noise. Nothing like comes up with a message that says, "And now the wall is removed" or whatever. You jump above it, which means you have to either jump super fast so you don't have the time to land because you can land on top of that weird hedge for like a split second before it hurts you and you fall down. So you either have to jump on it immediately and flip, you know use your double jump to flip up to the next wall or be invincible, which I'll get into how you become invincible in a minute. Cause that's one of the coolest things about this game. Um, but yeah, you have to double jump on top of it. And then there's like a spider on a, on a tablet. And apparently you hit it with your sword and then you go back and all of a sudden you can like the, the hedge just falls down and you can go to the next door. Like it doesn't make any sense. And there's plenty of that stuff in this game where like there's hidden walls in certain sections where how would you ever know there's a hidden wall? There's no sign that it's uh-huh. hidden. There's no, no way to know other than just blindly jumping to what's probably your death to say, oh, wait, look, I just came through that wall. Like it's, I got through a couple levels by just pure frustration because I wasn't sure what to do, and all of a sudden things worked. There was a, it's either Fire 3 or, or Fire 2. There are these doorways, like not doorways like that you can, 
open and close, but these locked doors. And there's nothing you can get into other than there's a locked door on one side of a wall and a locked door on another side of the wall. And I just ran up to it and just kept using my axe over and over again because I was just mad. And eventually they broke open. There's no sound. There's no damage to the door to let you know that's working. It's just eventually I was like after five hits, the door opened. I'm like, well, that that's awful. How would you ever know to do that? <laughs> like, I assumed I just was like, I was just stuck. I didn't know what else to do. And if you didn't have the axe, because you don't get it in the fire section or whatever, then how would you have ever known? Like, it, there, there's plenty of things in this game where if I didn't look it up, I would have gotten through maybe, if I'm lucky, just the weapon sections. And that's, that's in 2018 when I can look it up. I have no idea how anybody in 1992-1993 ever beat this game. Ever. It's unintelligible. I, 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 who... who hated people enough to make this game like this because I, I actually I had to look up the uh, the, the video on, on how to actually break through that wall because I was using the hammer. I thought, well, mm-hmm. obviously there's a door here and I can't get through it. You know, I've got all these weapons and I was using the hammer. I did use the axe, but I didn't, it, you know, the game gives you no reason to think it's actually working. It doesn't shake anything. It doesn't make a sound. And going back even to that water level, there are doors all over that thing that you can go into. Mm-hmm. Why even have those doors if there's no reason to have them? Like, they're, they're just MacGuffins. There's no reason to actually go through those doors at all. And all they do, whenever you do go, it, they place you, it places you back earlier in the stage. I can get to that part in the game that you described that you kind of have to get over without having to go through the doors. So I, I, it's just one of those games. Like It just seems like the person that made it hates the player. terrible it's got some really good ideas buried in what i can only blame as being an early genesis title i think if this would have come out maybe a couple years later maybe some of these problems wouldn't have been as bad i mean stiff control maybe but some of the level design is definitely poor but in each of these levels you'll find potions everywhere um, there's four potions, one for each plane as well. So there's there's air potions, water potions, fire potions, and earth potions. And you can hold, I believe, four of each at most, uh, and they go in your inventory. If you pause the game, you'll see uh, a screen that has all these, uh, when you first start, 12 open spots and four spots at the top for what you find out after a few minutes that they're for potions. Once you earn the right potions to do a spell, that screen will fill up with what the spell... Well, not with what the spell does. That would be too useful. With images that show you what the spells do. Now, the manual, to be fair, does explain every one of these spells. So, in theory, you would have a manual and you'd have it in front of you while you're playing this that shows you what the spells do. Um, However, it would have still been nice to have something. A little block of text at the bottom that says, even if it's just one word, like invisibility, fire, earth, anything to know what these what these spells do at first i had to keep looking back and forth at the at the manual page to see what the spells did but this game when you get the potions it lets you at at whenever you feel like it pretty much pause the game pick the spell you want to pick 
it'll go back to the screen you were on, and all of a sudden, you know, Shakan is holding these two potions above his head because all these spells take two potions and some mix of those four elements. And they actually, I mean, having those spells makes some of the sections we're having difficulty with very easy. Um, but the potions are kind of limited, so you have to be careful. You can't just be invincible the whole time through a level. You'll run out of potions and have to go hunt more down. And especially in the later levels, it's not easy to hunt these things down. You, you might go to a level where there may be one red potion in the entire level. So you got to make sure you don't waste those things. But the spells that you can cast once you have the potions are actually quite useful. There is an invisibility spell that doesn't make you invincible, but it does mean that a lot of things will ignore you and you can walk through projectiles. Uh, there's an invincibility, which is exactly what it sounds like. There's a sword power for all four elements. Um... There is a heal spell that's super useful. There's essentially like a grenade hurt all enemies spell that does a lot of damage. I didn't realize how much damage it did until I watched a, a Let's Play, and they basically blow up bosses with two uses of that. It does a lot Ooh. of damage. So it's worth saving those. I, I use that for the fire, uh, the Earth boss, for Earth the third Earth level boss, the Spider Queen or whatever. I just gave up and used that twice, and she died. It was great. Um, but I used all my potions, and I had to go find a bunch more to start the next section. Um trying to think what all the other spells are. There's one that gives you like a, a, a doorway that will open lets you go back to the main area so you kind of get a checkpoint, uh, which is nice. Um, that You know, it, it's the kind of thing that when I first started playing the game, I was using them way too sparingly. I was afraid I wouldn't get any more potions later, and so I was, you know, trying to plow through areas just, just so I wouldn't waste these potions. But then when I finally just got fed up and was like, you know what, I bet invincibility would be great here. There are parts of these levels, especially in the later half of the game, where you have to use these items or you're not going to get through them. And it's not a matter of, of being cheap. I mean, I think it's designed so that you have to remember, wait, I have invisibility. I bet I can use invisibility to get through this section where, you know, all these bats are flying around and I don't know how you get through it and they keep knocking me off the platform. Well, if you're invisible, you can go right through them because they, they don't see you. You can jump and make your jumps easily. I, I, there's a lot of really cool things with these potions that if the game was just just a little more tweaked on the level design... I think those potions would have been the coolest thing. And th that's what drew mm -hmm. me to keep playing this game. Because I was like, wait a minute, these potions and these abilities actually make these levels kind of fun. And I'm going to figure this out. Uh, that does stop later. They, they cease being any fun whatsoever. Yeah, that's <laughs> kind of what I found <laughs> as well. And this is one of those games where it's it's a neat idea. And you can't, I, I think we need to mention, you, you are not going to progress in this game without using these potions. I mean, I'm sure there's some people out there that can, go through this game with without even dying and, and never use a potion. But if you're like us and have never played this game before and you don't know what you're going into, don't think that these potions are just something that are just random power-ups that you can yeah. use whenever. You have to use these potions to progress. And once you learn what they are and and when to use them, then things definitely get a lot easier. The problem is that the game is very stingy with how it gives out those potions. So a mechanic that could be fun is is limited by how few you actually find in the game. I think maybe if they would have gave double the potions or anything more than what they what you can find in these stages, then this would have been a really neat mechanic. It would have made the game a lot more fun than what it is. As it stands, you you can find just enough to figure out when you need to use certain potions to get through a certain section. It's not like you can really just experiment here and there and, and just have fun with it. And I, I wish there was just a little bit more to it, a, a little bit, 
more potions that you can find to experiment with it and just have fun with the game instead of being so goddamn stingy with it. Yeah. I think a, a balance of giving you too many potions, because I think that would make it almost trivial in a lot of parts to, to get through it if you would, could be invincible yeah. all the time. But you have that central area. You're always going back there. If they just gave you one of each colored potion in that central area, if you don't have any. So, example, if you have no red potions and you go back to the central area, there's one red potion there. But if you have one, you can't pick any up. That way, at least you get a chance to have all four potions. There's a good chance you can try out most of the spells, uh, at least the ones that are are almost crucial to use, uh, life refill, um, the invincibility itself. You probably couldn't. I think all the weapons are two of one color, so, you know, two waters is the water sword. Uh, which just gives you a power-up sword. All it does is let you do more damage. It's not required anywhere. So, you you know, it would give you a chance to kind of use the tool-based spells a little more and fool around with them and not feel like, oh, I, I'm never going to get these back. Uh, I mean, the, the game is set up because you can die, and when you die, unless you run out of sand, you get to keep whatever you found on that level. So there's definite spots, once you know what you're doing, that you can say, oh, that's right, I want to make sure I leave water too open until the very end, because if I go in there at the very beginning, I can get a black potion, a blue potion, a red potion, and jump off the edge in 10 seconds, and I can go and do it over and over again to get four of each. You know, that that's one of the things people do on, on like, the speed runs. So I, I can see how, you know, it's not as bad as saying, oh, I only get these potions, and if I die, I lose everything I got. No, you, you'll get to keep them. But if they just put them in that central area, I think it would have given you more of a chance to really play with them and, and see exactly what they can do. Uh, one of the other spells I forgot to mention because I didn't use it, uh, mainly because uh, I might have been using some save states, but the one of the spells is to refill the hourglass, like reverses the time. So it doesn't necessarily refill it, it kind of slows mm. it and lets it go back in time a little bit to give you a little more sand. But it, I think... <laughs> at least from my experience playing it so far, uh, if I ever had enough to use invincibility and a life heal, I just didn't use anything else as long as I could still cast those two for any boss fight. Because as mm. long as I had invincibility and a, and a life heal, uh, you know your life bar is six skulls that go down in varying amounts depending on what you're hit by. Um, as long as you can refill that, and, and again, invincibility lasts a lot longer than you, than you think it would, but still not that long. Uh, most of the mm. bosses, at least that I got to, which is the first half, were not bad at all. No, it, it wasn't too bad, honestly. And, and if you do have potions, it, it does definitely... It, a, a lot of them are very overpowered, almost. And I should definitely mention that the game does have three difficulty levels. It does start on easy, but if you can actually change that to practice mode, if you do want to ex experiment with some of those potions, it gives you infinite potions. Like, you can actually start a level, oh. and you have all of the potions available to you all of the time. You don't actually need to find any potions you can just pull up the start menu select a potion you want you can use that over and over and over if you want to but obviously that's you know that's kind of basically cheating that's almost like using a game genie code but with how hard this game is man and even the instructions itself is just like practice on this so you can actually go through the real game you know using an actual real difficulty level there's a reason it's called practice mode, but it's nice that it's in there. So it does give you an option to experiment with those if you want to. But I, I definitely think it, it makes the game way too easy if, if that's the way you want to go about it. So I only really truthfully can say I finished the first half of this game and finished it. I got through the first three areas of all four planes 
and unlock the second set of planes. And I did play in all those levels and beat some of the, the levels there, but I didn't finish any of them. You know, I didn't get to the final bosses of those. Did either of you get any farther than that? I personally did not. Um, I, I started this thing off with a head of steam, but uh, when, uh, when the power came out, power went out. I was frustrated at first, but I think maybe it was a way of a higher, a higher power. Uh, telling me you do not have to play this game any longer. Uh, but no, I advanced through. I did not make it quite as far as you did, though. I beat all the, the three levels except for the that last water level with the doors, and, and that was as far as I got. So the, the second half of the game is on the elemental planes for each of those, those uh, elements. And they are... Some of the neater ideas, the levels definitely look nicer, I think, than mm-hmm. the first three. Not not necessarily like, oh yeah, they, they went crazy on these graphics, but for example, all the water levels become ice levels. Now that comes with all the bad things that ice levels have. You slide around a bunch. Uh, mm-hmm. There's a lot of, of uh, parts you jump into these ice pits that kill you instantly. Uh, and of course, there's plenty of grappling uh, on things that don't even look like you can grapple on them. I'm not a big fan. Um, the, the fire plane is all lava and most of that is jumping on lava platforms that float around in the lava and some of them move and some of them don't and of course there are things that fly at you and hit you and knock you into the lava which will kill Uh you instantly in one hit um the air level this is a really cool idea the air level the first time you go into the the i guess air level four you fight these guys on these giant bugs and when you kill them the giant bug stays there and it has a saddle so you can jump into it and you get to fly it around you're like oh this is going to be badass except you can't switch your weapons on the bug so you only have your swords which is okay because the swords are probably the, the easiest weapons to use however getting hit by anything will knock you off your bug flying into the oh. ceiling will knock you off your bug jumping into you know getting hit anything anything you touch will knock you off your bug and the character generally is not too big but when you put the character on a bug that's bigger than the character and you have the character on top of it and you're going through these little caves you're constantly falling off this goddamn bug and unfortunately in those levels once you fall off your bug you're probably falling to your death to restart the level kill some guys on a bug get the bug back go three inches farther get hit by a bullet or hit the ceiling fall to your death restart again it was like it was the 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 biggest high and the biggest low, all in like a 10-second span. When I first got to this level, I was like, oh, this is a really cool idea. Oh, this is how this works? Okay, I'm, I'm done with this, too. This is <laughs> absolutely... I did not get through the first air level because I could not last long enough on the bug. Like, I thought, I got to where I thought it was, and then just more and more shit just kept flying at me and it kept hitting me. I'm like, how are you supposed to ever get through this? It's not like you get on the bug and it changes to a shooter where you get a projectile you can do... Th- no, you still get your dumbass swords that only go eight directions. I mean, they're... For the world of using a sword, it's better than, you know, Golden Axe, but it's still super hard to hit some of these things that fly at you. And you're on a flying bug that also does fall if you're not pushing any direction on it. Just, just absolutely frustrating for a really, really cool idea. Super frustrating. I think that's, that's what it comes down to. This game is full of cool ideas. Like, mm-hmm. I love the whole dark aspect of it. I love the story. Like, everything about it is just something that I love. You know, the, the weapons going back and forth between stages to progress, the the bug, I didn't get to the bug thing, but the, I mean, that sounds like a cool idea. Yeah. But the game just never seems to execute on, on it being fun. 
It but always I, finds a way to make you miserable by yeah. playing this game. But I think that's what keeps you around for a little bit. Because you just, something happens and, and something new and you just think, all right, this is when the game's going to turn the corner. This is when they're going to throw me something. You know, I've been suffering through this. This is when they're going to give me something. And they just find a way to take everything that seems interesting, everything that seems like it, it could it could play out and, and be a fun aspect, and it just, it it flops. And nothing sticks. And, and everything just continues to add to the frustration as you go along. Uh, which which in and of itself is frustrating. Because, yeah, it's, it's, it's a neat concept. Um, I, I think it may have benefited from being maybe a later Genesis title once they kind of sharpened things up a little bit and then stamped out a lot of those early problems, the games that, you know, the first couple of years worth of Genesis games had. Um, it, it certainly seems like the kind of game that would have benefited once Genesis decided they were just going to go, you know, full blast and, and add, you know, gore and whatnot to their games. Um, <sighs> But yeah, uh, each each new little thing that popped up on there, I, w- I would perk up and just be let down again. It's an exercise in how many times can you be let down by one game. It's I I totally agree. I mean, it's it's definitely kind of got that Dark Souls feel to it, where like you mm-hmm. find a way through something, and you you want to go forward just to you mm-hmm. know to, to get past that. But there's never any real satisfaction to getting past. Yeah. It's usually just another dead end. Another impossible section that is just maddening things just coming at you constantly or just another thing. It just doesn't make sense on how to progress. Yeah. And and that was really just the struggle all the way through that game. I also feel we need to mention this is a game that came with no passwords, no saves. Oh. It's oh. expected you're going to plow through this in one sitting. Now, that's, again, not unheard of oh. for this time at all. But for the kind of game this is, like if Dark Souls, you mentioned, I'm not comparing this to Dark Souls, but but if there was no saves in that game, no one would like Dark Souls. That would be no. totally, uh, you have one life and then you get to start over from the beginning. No one would ever play that. It would never happen. Well, actually, someone would play it and it would drive me crazy that I sucked at it. But the this is, I mean, even if it was a password that you can get at the end of each time you clear one of the zones, like the first time you clear the third air zone, where you're like, "Oh, this is awesome!" Now I got a password that has my, you know, this cleared out at the bare minimum. Like I've mm. that, something, because otherwise, you know, you're not only are you trying to get through these levels and figure it out, you've got to then not run out of time on that fucking hourglass, or you have to redo mm. everything you just did. And then if you get to a certain point, and this definitely happened to me early on, I got to the third level of earth or something and i couldn't get enough potions to do what i want to do but i had beaten the other zones i had nowhere else i could go to farm potions nothing i had to just keep trying that earth level over and over again with the three potions i could find and eventually i did do it so i guess it was just more you know my lack of ability but it still was like if i didn't have the ability to have a save state on this i would have never ever finished those first three now it's 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 pretty unforgiving. Again, a lot of really, really cool ideas that the game itself just has some of the worst level design. We didn't even mention how, and this maybe it's because you guys didn't play the, the later levels, but this still happens a lot in the, the fire level specifically. There's a lot of blind jumping in this. You can't look up uh, and down. Yeah. <laughs> and since almost all the places that have these little platform jumps, you're going to fall to your death in lava or ice pits or whatever, 
you're just blind jumping. And yeah, sure, you you don't die necessarily. You get to start over at the beginning. But at the beginning of a gauntlet of <laughs> blind jumps and weird platforming with a, a grappling hook that uh, we didn't even really tear apart the grappling hook as much as we needed to because not only is it really hard to use uh, because you have to aim explicitly for those little nugget things to hit them, mm. but if you're hit at all by anything while you're on the grappling hook, you just fall to your death. You just fall down. You can try to regrapple, but it's going to knock you away enough. You're not going to. It is one of the most frustrating games I've played. But the little things that made, you know, like the potions. I liked the idea of the potions. I liked some of the, even though we just complained about the level design, like I liked the fact that I could kill those bug guys and then fly in mm. their bugs. Like I, there was a lot of really cool um, little level designs. The second Earth World on uh, the, the second half, so Earth 5, there's this giant bug monster that in certain parts of the level, which is a series of tunnels that go from left to right, you'll the, the screen will shake and this giant bug will come across and push you back to the beginning. So you have to find the right order of tunnels to go in to get past this bug. Like, it's little things that I was like, that's a really cool level design. Now, I didn't, never did figure out how to get through it because I think you have to use invisibility at some point. And I didn't have two of those potions. But otherwise, like, the ideas for all these levels generally was enough to keep me playing. But again, because I could save, because I had a place where I could say, great, I've cleared the second air zone. Let me do a save right here so I don't have to do those two over and over again. Yeah, I think we <laughs> maybe need to mention that this is basically save state simulator 2018 <laughs> for, for this much. I don't think I've ever used so many goddamn save states for a game uh, on this podcast ever, possibly in any game ever. Okay. I, I was saving almost constantly and for anyone that's actually trying to play through this game for realsies and and not use any save states i don't know man i don't <laughs> I, I more power to you but i i ain't doing it i didn't do it i save stated that shit every fucking 20 seconds sometimes it was it was one of those games yeah i mean you fucking jump save jump save uh, <laughs> it's it's uh, yeah and don't go on. And this is one of those where, uh, you know, I didn't get through as far as I wanted. So I at least watched a little video. That's the most fucking frustrating thing of all. Just watching, watching someone who obviously knows how to play this, watching an expert play through this and get through this with no trouble is maddening to know there are people out there that can do this. I mean, you watch the videos and, and I did to see kind of what was at the end of the game, mm -hmm. which, we, we, we need to mention what is at the end of this game. But still, you watch these people, and it's it's just like they make it look easy. As anyone that is very good at their craft when they mm -hmm. do something that they're good at and they play, the, it's, it just looks so easy. Mm -hmm. But then I, tr I have tried. I tried so damn hard to play this game because there are certain parts of it that I love. I, the whole potion thing. Uh, the occult storyline, everything mm. about it is something that I would have fucking flipped out for when I was a kid and and rented it immediately. I just it was never at my video store. But it's just one of those things I I I, I stopped having fun over and over and over again. Yeah. I just couldn't do the things I wanted to do with the game. So yeah, I, I don't know. It's just it, it's such a bittersweet game with me because I want to love it, but God damn, is it just misery? We, you mentioned the ending. We should, we should cover the <laughs> ending. Um, if for some reason you've decided to play along with us and you, you're at the near the end and you don't want to, you don't want to, 
you know, get it spoiled for you, then I guess turn this off or come back in five minutes. I don't know. But no one is going to meet that ever. I don't think that one person exists where what I just said makes any sense. So <laughs> I don't think so. You finish all six of the planes. You beat the bosses at the end of all four. And, you know, death shows up and, and you say, death, I've done it. I've killed all the enemies. I've killed the ultimate evils. You know, I'm ready to, I'm ready to be released from this curse. And death laughs at you and points at the stars and says, you know, Oh, look at all those worlds out there. Ultimate infinite worlds or whatever, full of evils that you have to find. I don't think you understood the depth of this curse. So then you get one chance to fight death. Uh, it's unlike every other fight in the game. When you lose this one, that's it. And it it doesn't look incredibly difficult, but that's watching someone who knows what to do. I'm sure I would have died in mm. one minute and been like, well, that was horseshit. Um, but yeah. if you die, then it shows a screen of like, I believe the ending actually shows your character trying to kill himself. And then it doesn't work, and you come back to life after you lose to death. Uh, the best but, ending to that. That's an awesome-sounding ending. Really. Well, that, that's the bad oh, ending. Jesus. The yeah. good ending is you defeat death. You, you, you manage to, to take this one fight, and you do it. You kill death. And all of a sudden, the hourglass that you see at the beginning of, of all the times you enter the worlds that has the story on it just comes up, and it plays the music, and nothing happens. That's it. <laughs> or is that it? Because no, instead, no, apparently, if you let it sit there for how long is it? Some offensive amount of time. 14 minutes. <laughs> you let the hourglass minutes. sit there for 14 minutes. And it says, uh, not the end. A little, a little blob of text comes up and it says, not the end. That's, That's what you earn for one, beating a game that is one of the most difficult we've covered with a one chance boss fight at the end of a difficult game. Then you watch an hourglass for 14 minutes. There's no timer on it. I mean, it's an hourglass, but it's not like you see the sand go down. It's just a picture of an hourglass. And then a little blurb of text comes across that says, not the end. I can't imagine how anyone would ever have found that. Even, even if they were good enough to beat death, why would you stare at that screen for 14 minutes? That's a crazy person. Yeah, it's not, it's not even like there's no credits rolling or anything. It's literally just a picture of that that <laughs> with the sand going through it. That's it. You just have to sit. You have to know to sit there for 14 minutes. And even if you knew to sit there for 14 minutes, just to see that one, the, that text pop up that says not the end. And that's it. That's the game. That's what you that was your reward for sitting there watching that for 14 minutes. Well, after after finishing this game and doing the one man, you know, the one chance boss fight, uh, which obviously you wouldn't do on your first time through. So you would have had to beat this game several times, get to that fight several times, and figure out what to do, and then that's your reward. You get to stare at the screen like a crazy person and get a little blurb of text at the end if you sat there that long. Just unbelievable. Uh, I, I would think it's a perfect summary for this game, though, I yeah, think. Yeah, yeah. I would have set my Genesis and myself on fire if I was <laughs> if I could see that. Like, are you really... To, to do that, To if you actually made it through that game for real... To see that in it's oh man, I can't imagine anyone that actually did that and how they felt. I do have to say, and now that we've played it, I could a hundred percent see that if this was a turbo graphics game that I would have had. I would have told you guys how amazing this game is, and we. I was literally going to say, like, this seems like something that we should have played on the turbo graphics, and you would have absolutely loved as a kid. Yeah, this this hits a lot of the buttons of things I would have enjoyed. Uh, and if, if it was, a, like, I didn't have a Genesis until way later. I mean, I got the Super Nintendo late, but because I had the Turbo Graphics, I had that early. And so I only had a handful of games, so I did. I played a lot of those games f so many times 
just to plow through to get five inches farther over and over and over again. Legendary Axe is a great example of a game that, uh, trying to play it now, has a lot of flaws. But I played a lot of Legendary Axe. It, but it's one that I realized we shouldn't cover on the show uh, after my previous uh, <laughs> requests. This has a lot of that same, you know, if you know what you're doing and you, you know the levels and you know how to, what the potions do and the best way to use them when you watch like the, the Let's Plays and the speedruns, this game looks really, really cool. Because it has a lot of really cool ideas. But I don't have any nostalgia for this. I don't have memories of getting through it the first time and feeling good as a kid and knowing these levels by heart like I do on some of those games. So instead, uh, it has not aged well in any way in 2018. Other than being some cool ideas, it is, it's a mess. Yeah, it's, it is a mess. And, and for the person that I thought had nostalgia for it, I, I, I'll accept your apology for this Thank game. You. Thank you. <laughs> good God. Well, we all we, we all make mistakes. Yours was general chaos, and we got that out of the way. And and Jeremy P's have been numerous. Uh, <laughs> and I'd, I'd have to say this is the first bad game I've picked for the podcast. I I'm sure we'll that, that people would disagree, but we're not going <laughs> to go into that discussion right now. I think the next episode is going to be, uh, we've only done this once before on the podcast. You know, our, our rules have been that we're only going to cover things from the Nintendo 64 back. So nothing past that. Uh, we did cover Mario Maker in episode 10 or 11 or something. And that that's, it was kind of a throwback, but it's a new game. Uh, I think we need to cover the remaster slash re-release of Shenmue. It's, uh, it's, it just came out. Uh, since the last time we recorded, I think all of us have it. I know I finished it when it first came out. I believe Jeremy did as well. Oh. And I know that Billy at least started playing it because he had some things to say. And so I'd like to cover it. <laughs> uh, I would like to cover it. Now's probably the only time we can do it where it makes any sense. Uh, so our next episode will be on Shenmue for the originally for the Dreamcast, but this is uh, I'm playing on the PS4. I think it came out for PS4 only, right? I think. Or, or PC. I, I, I never know about PC. I should probably pay attention more to the PC market, but I don't. Uh, but definitely on the PS4. And uh, and so that will be our next show. We have, for the first time in a while, a listener question. We do. It actually comes from uh, our, our new website. We actually added a, uh, a brand new contact form. We've, we've made it to 2018. We've added a contact form to our mm -hmm. website that you can easily fill out and just send us a question. So if you have a question for us, it's easier than just sending it on Facebook or Twitter, or on Instagram, the way we're asking before, which none of us consistently check those things. But this form goes to email. We do check that. So please, if you have a question, send it through our, our website. So this question came from our website uh, from Seth. I'm assuming short for Sephiroth, because why else would you spell it that way? Uh, the question mm -hmm. is, not sure if you've been asked this before, but if you guys were offered funding to come up with your own game, what kind of game would you create? I'm going to be honest, as much as I just talked shit about Shikan for the last hour, <laughs> the idea of the potions in this game is the kind of thing that I really liked as a kid. I would definitely do some sort of throwback title. Um, uh, you know, I, I'm a big fan of, of things that are Metroidvanias. I, I like, for example, I was playing Dead Cells. I think that's great. I loved Salt and Sanctuary. Uh, I'm excited about Hollow Knight coming finally for the PS4. I'm going to play that. Ooh. Games like that are the kind of thing I would do, but I like the idea of these potions. Or uh, in Metal Gear, the original Metal Gears, I liked the key cards. As dumb as that is, the little key cards with the numbers on it 
for some reason, that drew me to that game. I like yes. the idea that I have these key cards with numbers on them. Any game where you get power-ups that you find in the levels that are um, a little more than just like, oh, I got a new gun. Oh, I got a new shoes. Oh, I got a new... I mean, that's all fine. But I like when I get things I can kind of play with a little bit. You know, the, the potions in this are a great example. But, but you know, games where you get... Um, uh, there's a lot of RPGs where you'll get components for spells and you have to use different components to make different things. I love things like that. That's the sort of game I would make. Uh, probably some sort of Metroidvania. Or I would make a complete throwback title to, like, a wizardry and no one would play it. That's my kind of thing. <laughs> Speaking of games no one would play, um, you know, I love my damn walking simulators. Uh, but the problem I always have with a lot of them is uh, you know, the story's great uh, in, in, in a good portion of them I've played, but it's very contained. Uh, it's very small. Uh, there's, and, and, and at the heart of it, it's pretty linear. Uh, I, I'd love to see one where you just, it's, it's wide open. It's, it's an open world, you know, the likes of, some of the some of the action games nowadays um but with that aspect to it with the with with a lot of exploration uh a lot more characters to encounter and whatnot um i'm sure it would be a fucking mess it would be a disaster um and you know whatever funding i did get for it would probably be pulled immediately and if that is the case i would then take and i would just make a mansion of hidden souls part two probably I guess if if I had to choose, I know I don't really talk about racing games too much on this podcast, but I'm a huge racing game fan. I would probably just make it like an old school racing game. Like I I loved like the the original Need for Speed, the old test drive mm-hmm. games. Uh, you know, maybe just an, an old point to point simulation driving game. Like I loved, I used to love those games. I played them constantly. I I can't tell you how many times. How many hours I played the original Need for Speed on the 3DO, yeah. uh, which was kind of a slower paced simulation. It was made by the test drive uh, developers. But, you know, th- those were the racing games that I grew up playing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's something that no one else probably enjoys playing. But just the aspect of driving, I, I enjoy driving. And and that's something that I even playing a video game, I, I enjoy doing. It relaxes me. So that's that's probably the game that I would make. Uh, it's it's not again. It's probably not a popular game, but hey, it, that's that's what I do. Actually, I take my answer back. I think I would just make Tomba three. Mm. God, no. <laughs> we don't we don't need any more bad reviews on on the YouTube <laughs> side. I we can't do that. Well, probably what I'd make if I didn't make Tomba three then is a game where I walk around and talk to people and play with coin machines and collect little toys so hopefully we'll talk about a game like that on our next episode when we cover Shenmue uh, re-release for the PS4 but until then please go to our new website at retrovaniac.net with links to our YouTube channel our Facebook our Twitter everything else you can find Retrovaniacs and we will see you next time